You are now listening to an awesome sermon from the St. Louis Dream Center. Grab a pen and some paper, you're in for a treat. God today wants to shift you from simply being a person who goes to church to a person who is the church. He wants to shift you out of this whole thought that this is it. Has anybody ever gone to church so long that you were like, it's gotta be more than this? I mean, has anybody grown up in church? Who's grown up in church in here? Yeah. And there were moments in your walk where you were like, okay, thank you for the three or four songs. Thank you for the message. But I need more. I need more than the routine. I need more than the production. I need his presence. And as we were worshiping, and for some of you that are new to this, and I, you know, I know on a day like this, not too many new Christians, you know, or maybe not new, but people that don't know Jesus may not brave the elements. But as I was up ministering, speaking in tongues, then singing in tongues, I was singing directly to God. And so... You didn't understand my words, and to tell you the truth, I didn't understand my words. But I knew something was taking place in my spirit. And maybe this is all new to you, and it's kind of scary, and it's like, I get it. But how many things have we all jumped into that was scary before it started? And we're like, I'm glad I did it. Some of y'all went away to college and you were terrified when you went away to college. It was your first time away from mom and daddy. But it only took about a week or two to be away that you were like, oh, this is good. Anything that you are ignorant of will always be fearful in the beginning. But when you learn about it and understand it, it loses its fear over you. See, in this month, we're talking about the anointing, fresh oil. And in week one, we talked about how we all have unique gifts, unique anointings on our lives and how God put them in us at the moment that he gave birth to us. And then when we come into the knowledge of Jesus that God pulls out of us, not what's outside of us, but what's been in us the whole time, just lying dormant. But when we talk about this whole thought of fresh oil, that means there was oil, but now it's become stale. There was oil, but now it's been so used or so underused that it doesn't feel like it's oil at all anymore. And I remember thinking like, In 1996, 
Okay, I've been saved now for about five years. There's got to be more than this. And God gave me an encounter with him that was so earth-shattering that it was unmistakable. I remember uh, somebody asking me last week, I think I've been filled with the Holy Spirit, but I'm not sure. I said, oh, then you haven't yet. Because when you experience that, you will know that you know that you know that it happened. You won't have to wonder, I wonder, did it happen? I I guess it happened, I think. No, no, no. When you are filled with the Holy Spirit, it will be unmistakable. I remember July 28th, 1991, like it was yesterday. Why? Because that was not only the day that I got saved, but that was the day that I got filled at the same time. And when we're walking through this whole thought process, this was the word that God told me to tell you. It's time to level up. It's time to level up. See, when we think about level up, we, we know that we, that means I'm coming up. I'm doing better. I'm going, I'm, I'm becoming better or I've just climbed the ladder at something. But do you realize that there are, when God is saying it's time to level up, there are levels of anointing that you can walk in. And when you don't understand that there are levels of anointing that you can walk in, what ends up happening is you start settling in at one level thinking that this is it. But I want to submit to you today that there are three levels of anointing that are for all of us to walk in in our lives. And when you learn how to walk in each phase and each anointing, it changes your perspective on your faith. It changes what you do. It cha- As a matter of fact, at each level, Jesus becomes more real. At each level, he becomes more the focus. And in the Old Testament... The Bible talks about this man, David. How many people know about David? Yeah. From the pasture to the palace is what I like to call it. And when David was just a young boy, he was anointed to be king over his... He had other brothers, but God said, no, 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 no. I'm putting my anointing on David and not on the other brothers. Guess what? That was David's first anointing. And that was found in 1 Samuel 16 and 13. So you can go home and read it. Then David had a second anointing come on his life. And that was in 2 Samuel 2 and 4. You can go home and read that when he was anointed to be king of Judah. So first anointing was he was anointed to be king even though he wasn't in the seat yet. The second anointing that David received was when he became king of Judah after the death of Saul. And then the third anointing came in David's life when he was declared king over all of Israel. And so there were three separate levels of anointing in David's life. And how many of y'all know that the Old Testament is a type of shadow 
of the real thing. As a matter of fact, the Old Testament concealed is the New Testament revealed. So when you understand when I'm reading the Old Testament, I'm reading a shadow and a type of the reality of what it's supposed to be like. It's almost like God through the Old Testament gave me an example of what I'm about to experience in the New Testament. And when I look at that, it's like, okay, God. David had three levels of anointing. So where is this in the New Testament? I'm glad you asked. You're so astute. The first level of anointing in the New Testament given to the disciples is what I like to call the leper's anointing. It is the anointing of salvation. John 20, 21 and 22. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. And the Father has sent me, even so, or as the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive ye the Holy Spirit. So when Jesus is with the disciples, this is right after he died on the cross and rose from the dead. Because the Holy Spirit could not exist in man until Jesus died on the cross and rose. And the first thing he did was he breathed on the disciples after being raised from the dead and said, receive ye the Holy Spirit. What was that? That was the salvation experience. Whenever you give your life to Jesus, that is the first level of anointing that you walk in. And that is the anointing that says, I am saved, I am sanctified. But guess what? You can't say you're filled with the Holy Spirit yet. You know how people say, I'm saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Spirit. Well, guess what? When you receive salvation, that is only the first level of the anointing. And what is that? When I receive salvation, guess what? I receive the person of Jesus. Meaning God's character lives inside of me. And here's the mistake that a lot of us make. We try and go out and do the work of Jesus without the power of Jesus. And we, we, we walk down the aisle and we gave our life to Jesus and we just kind of roll around and say, okay, this is what it's about and this is what. So it's almost like this is how we do church. This is how we do church. I get up on Sunday morning. I go to church. I go to work on Monday morning and I live my life because church is an event to you and not a lifestyle. Because at that place... You receive that first level of anointing of salvation, which means that the presence of God lives inside of you, bringing Christ's character to you. But the second anointing, which is called the priestly anointing, which is the anointing for service, that is the power of Jesus coming inside of you. Matter of fact, It is the power of Jesus coming on you to do the works of Jesus. See, when Jesus said, as I go away, greater will be the works that you do because I go unto my father. 
If you really study the Bible and understand where Jesus did most of his work, he did most of his work in a small metropolitan area. He only went to Jerusalem twice. Most of his work was done in Galilee or Capernaum. But guess what? Jesus didn't go to Rome. Jesus didn't go to Russia. Jesus didn't go to Italy. Jesus' ministry was centered in a specific area. And guess what? All the power of the Holy Spirit resting in Jesus, but it just in this area. But he said, guess what? When I go away, the works that I do are nothing compared to what you're going to be able to do. The Bible says that Jesus had the spirit of God without measure, which means that in Jesus dwelt all the power of God, all the gifts and all the abilities. But guess what? When Jesus died on the cross, rose from the dead, what happened in that moment was the spirit that rested upon one man now had the ability to rest upon everybody that would receive him. And when he talked about the greater works that we're doing, it is the greater work that now the gospel is not relegated to a small area in a small town, but the gospel now has the power to go from generation to generation to generation. It can go through you in the United States and it can go through my brothers in Uganda. It can go through somebody in California while at the same time ministering to somebody in Russia. As a matter of fact, because Because of Jesus' death on that cross and us getting his spirit, now instead of dwelling in one man, it can dwell in millions of people at one time. And here's the thing. Well, let me read Acts chapter 2, verse 1 through 4. It says, when Pentecost, the 50th day after Passover came, All the believers were together in one place. And suddenly a sound like a violent blowing wind came from the sky and filled the whole house where they were staying. Tongues that looked like fire appeared to them. The tongues arranged themselves so that one came to rest on each believer. And all the believers were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them the ability to speak. So guess what? If you go back to Acts chapter 1 verse 8, he tells them, guess what? You're going to receive power, ability when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you're going to be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Samaria and Judea and to the other ends of the earth. Do you know what he was saying at that moment? That when I am baptized in the Holy Spirit, I get ability. And that the ability will allow me to be the witness at Edward Jones. The ability would allow me to be the witness on my job, in my neighborhood, in my home. See, if I'm trying to minister or trying to do what God's called me to do and I don't have his ability, guess what I'm doing? I am exercising futility. But when I receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I get God's ability inside of me to do things that I couldn't do without him. 
Let me put it like this. In salvation, it's like I'm drinking water. Water comes in me because I'm drinking it. But when I'm baptized in the Holy Spirit, it's like somebody immerses me in water. And I am totally immersed in water. So now it is not just a drink. It is all over me. It is covering me. It is influencing me. And when I don't have the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I don't have the power to do what God has created me to do. Let me, let me put it in these terms because I want you to understand that the power of the Holy Spirit in you and on you is not just so you can stand on this stage. It's not just so you can sing in the choir. Do you realize that all of us that stand on this stage are here to serve you? That we are simply here to give you what God gave us so that you can go out and do the real work of ministry? Do you realize you are the main characters of ministry? We may get 10 people saved here. You got a whole world, your whole world has gained access from you. That when you go back to work, guess what? That's your mission field. When you hang out at your family at functions, guess what? That's your mission field. And you don't need a title or a name to give you permission to do it. The simple fact that you are breathing is evident that God has called you to do something, not to make your name famous, but to make Jesus' name famous. You think that just because you don't stand on a stage that you get to exempt yourselves from the work of getting people saved. The only reason why we're still here is to get other people saved. We are not here to get the big house or the big car, even though God will bless us with those things. The only reason why God has left breath in your body after you came to Jesus is because he wants to use your mess. He wants to use your mistakes. He wants to use your dysfunctions. He wants to use your bad decisions. He wants to use everything that was wrong with you and is wrong with you to get somebody else saved. And I can't do it without his power. He is immersing you. It's interesting. I love the way that D.L. Moody says it. There is no use in running before you're sent. There is no use in attempting to do God's work without God's power. A man working without this unction a man working without this anointing, a man working without the Holy Spirit upon him is losing time after all. You wonder why you keep losing. You wonder why you don't experience success because you're trying to do it in your own strength. And God's like, I want to bring you success so that I can show how good I am and how I want to put you like a city on a hill, a light that can't be snuffed out so that when you come up, when you level up, other people that saw you down will realize that it had to be me that did it. But it is in the power of his spirit that it happens. But then there is a third phase because here's the thing. Some of us that have received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, 
I'm like, yeah, I did that once. But guess what? Over the course of time, all things dry up unless they're not maintained right. I told the story Tuesday night of my car. My car was acting kind of sluggish. And then my light came on saying it was time for an oil change. When I went and got my oil changed, the first thing I noticed was that I could accelerate faster. My car didn't have to work as hard as it was once working. And what began to take place for me is that driving my car became easy again instead of hard. See, that's what the power of the Holy Spirit does in life. That when you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, it doesn't take away your problems. It doesn't take away your challenges. But what he does is he empowers you to deal with your challenges at a whole different level. But he wants to immerse you. So guess what? For me to move from the first anointing to the second anointing, I have to do this thing called submit. I have to yield my will. See, the problem with many people receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit is that the baptism of the Holy Spirit requires something that we don't want to do. We don't want to yield our will to anything. I want what I want, how I want it, when I want it. But for you to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, that means you have to yield your thought process, yield the way that you were raised, yield your unction, yield your desires, yield your appetites, and say, God, I want more of you and less of me. See, does anybody want more of God and less of them? Because when we don't want, when we're just satisfied just having Jesus as a side chick, When we just, we, we use Jesus as the pacifier. No, God, I, I think highly of you. You cool, God. But this thing over here is my main squeeze. I, I thank you for saving me and, and all the other stuff, but, but, but the, you, you just, I, you just my Sunday morning chick. I just pull you out on Sundays. But Monday through Saturday, I, I got my other things that, that I deal with. And, and see, when you're like that, you, you can't, you can't have the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Because you're not willing to let your other things go, your other chicks go, your side pieces go. You're not willing to let any of that go. You want to keep those as the main thing and put God on the side as like he's your mistress. God's like, I am nobody's number two. I am number one, period. And if you're not willing to make me number one, guess what? You can't have my stuff. And when we talk about this baptism, it means I'm saying to God at this moment, you are numero uno. 
I want to live my life for you. I want to be influenced by you. I want to do what you say do. Go where you say go. Be who you called me to be. God, if you tell me not to marry her, I'm not going to marry her. If you tell me not to take this job, I'm not going to take it. But until you're ready to let go of your life like that, you won't receive that kind of power. And can I tell you, it is his power. He gives us the ability to get wealth. He gives us the power to live life at a whole different level and you can't have that till you willing to let you go and then there is a third one because we all get dry this is called the kingly anointing this is called fresh oil and fresh oil means that I had oil it became stale so I need to be refreshed Because no matter how long you've been saved and filled with the Holy Spirit, you always going to need to be refreshed. Because all week long, you deal with crazy people. All week long, come on, can we just keep it real for a moment? You watching stuff that you don't necessarily need to be watching. You're listening to stuff that you don't necessarily need to be listening to. You're around people that aren't building you up but tearing you down. You deal with situations and people and circumstances that are constantly taking anointing from you instead of helping deposit more in you. So guess what? Nobody is exempt from needing to be freshened up a little bit. You know what it's like, ladies? You've been at the party. Well, let's not say party the event you've been at the event all day your makeup gets off a little bit so what do you do you go to the bathroom in twos or threes I don't understand why and you know what you do you freshen up your makeup because everything that we have in this life because we live in a sin filled world in a contaminated world we always going to need to be refreshed See, you wonder why you don't have the same fire for God. You wonder why you're not hungry for him and thirsty for him. You wonder why you're not enjoying your time with him. You wonder why it's a struggle to come to church. You wonder why it's a struggle to read your Bible. You wonder why it's a struggle to worship God. It's because you are out of oil. Your oil is empty. And because your oil is empty and you haven't gone to get an oil change to get refreshed, Your oil is showing up and you look like you never had oil. But this kingly anointing, the refreshing of it, the Bible says, the first anointing, John 20, salvation. The second anointing, Acts chapter 2, baptism of the Holy Spirit. But this third anointing, This anointing that's a kingly anointing. It's a destiny anointing. It's the type of anointing that when you speak, devils will listen to you like you're Jesus. When you speak, sickness will flee like you're Jesus. As a matter of fact, you look so much like Jesus in the way that you live and in the way that God's power works through you that people are confused about how you're able to do what you do when you do it. But you know why? It is because you have paid the price and the cost that it takes to walk in this next level. And this cost requires something that is harder than just submission. It requires obedience. 
that to walk at this level. See, when Jesus said, hey, I only do the things that my father tells me to do. I only say the things that my father tells me to say. So when God said, heal the woman with the issue of blood, guess what? Boom, she was healed. And what God wants to do through you is he said, all right, you've been dry. You need to be refreshed. And so this is what they did. Peter and John had been preaching in the name of Jesus. They had gone to the, the gate beautiful and they healed the man that was, stand, that was there getting alms. And, and the, the, I will say the police, the popo of the Jewish time, the religious leaders saw them. And they were like, listen, we tired of you preaching in this name. We're tired of you talking about this Jesus. And they bound them and they beat them and they put them away. And they said, we say to you, no longer preach in the name of Jesus. So they go back to the crew. And in verse 29 of chapter 4, it says, they start praying, Lord, pay attention to their threats now. And allow us to speak your word with boldness. Show your power by healing, performing miracles, doing amazing things through the power and the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And listen what happened. When they finished praying, their meeting place shook. And all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak the word of God boldly. Wait, 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 wait. That doesn't make sense. This was the same crew in John 20 that Jesus spoke to and said, breathe on you, receive the Holy Spirit. This was the same crew that was in the upper room when the Holy Spirit fell down and it said they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and they began to speak in other tongues. So how can this same crew now in verse 29 of chapter 4 of Acts still have the statement be they were filled with the Holy Spirit after they prayed you know why because the filling of the Holy Spirit is not a one-time experience it can be a continual experience that you have over and over the baptism of the Holy Spirit is once but you can be filled with the Spirit over and over and over again when you think that you're dry. You know what you need? You need a gas station. You need to pull into what God can use to refresh your spirit and make you alive again. When you feel like life is beating you down and you don't have anything left, you know what you need? You need a gas station so you can go in and get refilled with God's spirit. When you feel like you are at your wit's end and you're worried and you're anxious, you need to come into the gas station and get refilled so God can fill you over again. Sunday is a long time to go between Phillips. In the world that we live in, you know what? Maybe it worked for mama them. Maybe it worked for grandma them. But in the world that we live in, Sunday morning is a long time to wait for a Philip. 
You got to be filled daily. You got to put yourself in God's environment daily. And when you do that daily, God will fill you every single day. As a matter of fact, Ephesians chapter 5 verse 18 says, hey, don't be drunk with wine, but be filled with the spirit. In the Greek, it means be being filled, continually filled with God's spirit. Why? So that you won't be a fool. And you will be able to live out this life the way that God has called you to live it. This is what I'm sharing with you. And in this moment, as the worship team gets ready to come into place, as we're in this time of fasting, what I've realized, we got a lot of dry people. We got a lot of empty people. We got a lot of people that are stuck on the first anointing and haven't dove into the second anointing, which is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And today, this is what I want to offer you. I want to offer you an opportunity to be filled or to be refilled. Because right now you're at the gas station. This is your spiritual quick trip. For those of you that are hybrids, you can plug your car into this if you don't want regular petrol. But right now, God is creating an atmosphere through his word to say to you, get filled. Get filled again. I woke up the other morning, Thursday morning, during my time of devotional. And God gave me this vision of Jesus, one that I never quite experienced before. And when I began to see him for who it was, I began to weep. Because see, it was his blood that cleaned me so God could live in me. He couldn't live in me until Jesus died. And when Jesus died, it was his blood that cleansed me so that he could live in me. And then when I realized through the baptism of the Holy Spirit, Jesus gets to live through me. That his actions, his ways, his power gets to come through me in my daily life. And God is so good that through this same Jesus in moments where I feel like I'm empty, he says, just come to me. I'll refill you. This isn't a one-time thing. If you need it every day, I'll be waiting right there to fill you every day. But it's a choice that you have to make. Hope you enjoyed that message. If you live in the St. Louis area or ever plan to visit, we'd love for you to join us at one of our services at 4324 Margareta at either our 9 a.m. or 11 a.m. service. Be blessed. We hope to worship with you soon.